You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. All right, let's get back to some boring subjects. Understand the risk to our country. Freedom brings people together. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to We Are Libertarians. My name is Chris Spangle. Thanks so much for joining us here on the program. We Are Libertarians is... the heck was that? We Are Libertarians is a program where uh, us group of friends sit down and we react to a video and uh, talk about current events and life from a libertarian perspective. And I don't know what we're talking about, uh, but I am going to mute Harry, (laughs) his computer. Uh, But today uh, we're going to be talking about Civil War, I think. Right, Harry? Yes. All right. So he's got a clip for us to react to, and it is Tim Pool talking about Civil War. So we're going to get into that right after these words here on We Are Libertarians. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Warning, this show is for adults, produced by semi-adults. So the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh. Welcome to We Are Libertarians, where our goal is to help you sound smarter while talking to your friends. We examine current events from a libertarian perspective while treating modern politics with all of the irreverence it deserves. There has been lie after lie. We toss out the screaming heads, put people before political parties, and give context to the news to make you think. Now, here's our host, a 15-year veteran of politics and media, Chris Spangle. And welcome back to We Are Libertarians, uh, which is not only its own podcast feed, but also uh, on the Chris Spangle Show feed. So if you're confused, that's what's going on. Uh, But We Are Libertarians is actually the original name of this podcast, not the Chris Spangle Show. Uh, and so we do this once a month. We get together on the first Saturday of the month in the in the early morning here. Well, not early morning for me, Harry. It's like late for me. Uh, I know. I'm up around, moving around the house around 4 a.m., so this is um, really late. You know, I'm almost four, thinking it's lunchtime. 4 a.m., why? Um, one, um, it's better. When you get up at 4 a.m., you can get things done. Your wife's asleep. The kid's asleep. Yeah. You can move around the house. You know, the world's asleep. You can get a lot of things done. Read a book, work out, wash the dishes. It's great. It's amazing. Uh, that is the voice of Harry Price, who has it all figured out. Also here is Reinhold. How are you today? I'm doing all right. And I agree with him that that time of time of day is when you can get things done. But I usually go to sleep after I get things done. <laughs> Four o'clock in the morning. So yeah. I, up early is fun for me. I'm normal. I go to bed at 11 and wake up at seven, usually six or seven. So 
welcome to the program. Again, this is We Are Libertarians, and uh, we'd love for you to comment. If you're watching on the stream, leave us a comment on whatever platform you're watching on. If you're watching it later, make sure you subscribe on YouTube to the We Are Libertarians uh, YouTube channel or the Chris Spangle YouTube channel, and make sure you subscribe in your podcast app. That does really help. Don't miss a show. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. And we want to thank our patrons. You can join at We Are Libertarians. No, it's uh, patreon.com slash We Are Libertarians. Uh, thank you so much. I've refreshed all that a little bit, went through, you know, I do my spring cleaning every September. Harry, you've known for the last 11 years that uh, I let things decay for roughly uh, four or five months, and then mm-hmm. I get really into things for a month or two, Yep. and I, I, I have my uh, spring cleaning periods. Mm-hmm. Yep, which is really good to get things done, you know, because you have the energy to want to do it, Yes. and you're going to burn, well, I don't want to say burn out, but you're going to... Do a bunch of cleaning, and then eventually you're going to go to your winter break. You're going to hibernate here in a bit. Yes. And you have to, if you host a podcast or have any online brand, you have to at least once a year. It's like having spices in your cabinet. We had this can of ground-dried mustard that my mom probably still has in her cabinet. And, it, you know, I was in high school. I was like, this is from 1987. Why is this in here? Oh, wow. And so it's easy for you have to go through and throw things out based on their expiration date. You know, I usually do that the last week of the year. And uh, th- th- that's what you have to do with the podcast. You have to go and check and make sure your website's cleaned up and all that. So go check out the Patreon. We'd love for you to support us. We work on the value for value model, which means if you get value out of the Chris Spangle Show, Low Key Wall, We Are Libertarians... Uh, the Brian Nichols Show, all the shows on the We Are Libertarians podcast network, then please give value back. We put a lot of time and effort into this stuff. You help pay all of our bills, and it says thank you so much for helping us have insights into the news, and we thank you so much. So, uh, I was going to thank the patrons. Thanks to our $100 a month patrons, Jason Doolittle. We are here at the Doolittle Studios in person. It is named after Jason because he gave us the seed capital to, to get the, the house kind of set up. You can't see the, the house here, but there's all kinds of lights and cameras and all kinds of things. Quarter, quarter of a million dollar studio. Easily, yes. I mean, it's move over Jordan Peterson with the leather chairs. Uh, and... Uh, so Jason Doolittle, Christy Avery, Vincent Peichel, Ryan Hold, and uh, the person I think I think that's it. We've we've kind of I'm doing it off the top of my head, which I should never do. Um, we've had some people, especially in that one hundred dollar a month category, drop off recently, and uh, it's it's been tough. We're almost to the point where we're not making profit, meaning there's no extra, so we can't do extra things like buy a camera that I want to buy for uh, the show. And so if you get something out of the show, we'd love for you to join us and be part of the Patreon and support what we do because it really does help. Uh, I will tell you the $1 category will probably be phased out soon or capped. Um, I just did my taxes because I wait till October 15th. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually make $0.04 cents on the $1 tier. <laughs> so uh, not... I appreciate everybody that is in that tier. It just, you know, is uh, yeah. if if it if it changes or gets capped, that's why. Um, so, uh, anyway, Matthew Durbin, I'm so sorry. I, I I knew there was one person that was slipping my mind. So uh, sorry, Matthew. Good dude. Just got married from Louisville. He's he does fireworks. Oh, nice. So he does all the fireworks at one of the colleges down there. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, he said, I think he said this, but maybe I just dreamt it and haven't told him I want to do this. I want to do a parade. We are Libertarians float, and we have him shoot fireworks as we go down the parade. Oh, nice. What town will let us put a float up? With fireworks? Yeah. No town. But (laughs) we don't have to ask for permission. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) We can do the Fortville Parade. (laughs) Burn all the Boss Hawks contacts? (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to Newcastle, because we can get out of trouble there. Yeah, we do have Winterfest coming up, so we could burn those. I'm just saying, we could go to Newcastle, and he will help us light things on fire. (laughs) Uh, Reinhold, thanks for being here. You drive like an hour to be here. Uh, and you're a $100 supporter. So you're, you're a giving man. We always appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Uh, you. You're wearing your lieutenant governor glasses. Yeah, I was uh, tricked into wearing them by being told that they looked good. So I'm going ahead and just just do it anyway. I think they look good. They look amazing. You do look like the Indiana lieutenant governor, though. Uh, <laughs> I think you look great. No, they look amazing. Be confident. I think they are great. You, know, you need to take risks, especially a, on the wall. Is the lieutenant governor going to be taking over soon? Is there uh, some issues going on? There? No, 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 oh, no. Holcomb, <laughs> Holcomb is clean and you know doing a fine job, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, not that's according to Rob mayor. Kendall. Oh, no, it's the mayor that's having yeah, the problems. Yeah. Let's talk about the mayor. Oh man. So, oh, okay. Okay. I, I don't want to get the mayor's race, but I got some stuff to say about the mayor's race. Uh, we won't dwell on it because. It's, this is a national show, but we've got a mayor's race here. And our friend Abdul, who mm-hmm. was my first mentor, who is a dear friend uh, in one of my two weddings and uh, my first black friend, mm-hmm. and uh, he ran for mayor and he lost the primary because he was the liberal candidate because he had supported positions that were sort of centrist, but basically he's pro-establishment and saying, look, in the, a city like Indianapolis or a yeah. state like Indiana, you need people who understand how politics works to mm-hmm. actually do politics. Right. And you can't have turnover all the time. You need to have some professional class of people to give advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that made him the liberal candidate. They went with a guy named <laughs> Jefferson Shreve who has sold a storage company business for $500 million and was willing to put $10, $20 million mm-hmm. into this race. He was going to spend a million in the primary, spent six, and beat the pants off of Abdul. Uh, but he was the more conservative candidate. The guy's never run a race before. He'd been appointed to positions. Uh, and he came out as the conservative candidate and said he agreed with the Democratic mayor's plans to ban guns in Indianapolis. Uh, that is just the tip of the iceberg in all of his bad ideas. And every time the Democrat comes out with an idea, he says, yeah, I agree with that. He's just, it's inexplicable how this guy got in the race. And, right. and he's just now mentioning in October, where was the mayor during the riots in 2020? <laughs> mm-hmm. So we had riots here in Indianapolis. The governor calls the mayor of Indianapolis on Friday before the trouble started and said, I need legally to have the authority to send in the National Guard to help you. Mm-hmm. No response. Yep. The mayor calls him on Monday afternoon after a man had been killed, a valued, loved member of the society, mm-hmm. of the city, a uh, local DJ, um, good friend to everybody that had met. Yep. Chris, I forget his last name. Um, it's not Ballard. That's the, the Colts GM, but... Uh, he he was shot and killed in the riots. He was just leaving a building. Wasn't that Beatty? 
It may have been Beatty. Yeah, he he was leaving. Uh, he was not oh, involved. Mm-hmm. Right. And he was just walking to his car and ended up getting shot and killed. And so nobody knows where the mayor was. Mm-hmm. We all have ideas. Right. And then the mayor just announced recently that he's getting divorced. Mm-hmm. Now, let me say this. Having been divorced, it's the worst thing you can go through. Uh, it's the worst thing I could go through or have gone through. Uh, I know there's worse things that happen to people. But it is a terrible experience. It's awful to go through. And you should avoid divorce at every single possible way. That being said, the thing about Indianapolis is that it's very collegial, which is a great thing, which means nobody here wants to rock the boat, right. which means everybody knows what's going on, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to say it because I can't afford to get sued, and I'm not a reporter. I'm just working off of gossip, so I'm not going to tell you what I know, but apparently everybody knows, and if you worked at any other company, you'd be fired. But nobody in the press wants to report on it because they assume everybody who matters knows, mm-hmm. which is true. It's a- and the city doesn't want to embarrass itself by reporting the news, mm-hmm. which would make the city look bad. Yes. But a- voters are robbed of the opportunity to know crucial information about what's going on. And it's... it's Kind of darned if you do, darned if you don't, right? Because if you report on it, then you get cut out as an, a, an organization <laughs> of knowing what's going on. And so this is kind of the problem with that professional class, right? Is nobody wants to say anything because they don't want to lose access. <laughs> and they don't want to embarrass the city after 50 years of work to make us not Indian O place. And then if you do report on it, it does make the city look bad. It does make the mayor look bad. You do, there are consequences but what do voters have a right to know? Right. Well, Indianapolis is a very big, small town. Really. I mean, it, people kind of talk to each other. And yeah. There's, there's so many things that I've heard about that happens behind the scenes and things that it's like everybody knows. Not just this, but there's there's been other people who have got appointed and then to get pulled out and... um. Local politicians doing that, so yeah, and, and you never get the full story because no one wants to report on it, right? But, but when you hear the full story, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I see why that you'd happened. be fired, yeah, if yeah. you did that at yeah. your company. Yeah, the only thing they report on fully is Curtis Hill. So yeah, right. <laughs> if he were a Republican, this would not be a problem. Yeah, the it, it, yeah the Indiana Star, which the Indianapolis paper of record, great institution, reported have used to be great, used to be. Yeah, used to be. Sorry. So, so the used Indianapolis Star, the paper of record, uh, two people now or something, lost all of their institutional knowledge. Has Gannett, yeah. Gannett has, and I do not blame journalists for this. No, Gannett and the the private equity that is mm-hmm. sucking the life out of the institution mm-hmm. has let all of their reporters go to the four or five new nonprofit news organizations, as well as Axios, mm-hmm. and so the Star is like four pages. And a bunch of sports. Go look at the front page of the start. It is all sports stories. Yeah. Because it is all clickbait. Yeah, I get more out of the local Greenfield paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well, at least even, I could. Even talk radio has gone mostly just sports now. You can't even get like actual talk radio in this town except for like maybe one channel somewhere. Yeah, that's the problem with private equity and where uh, a lot of 
it's the horseshoe theory, right? Where the left ends up meeting the right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you end up with Sora, Bamari, and uh, I, don't, I don't know who, who would a leftist would be, you know, agreeing on private equity. But I, I don't think there's any, we'll have to do a show on it sometime, but yeah. there's no doubt that private equity, where this is a problem with capitalism in general, mm-hmm. is that when profit is the main motive, mm-hmm. what ends up happening is people become commoditized, institutional knowledge isn't as valued as cutting the more valuable salaries. Mm-hmm. You end up hollowing out a great company, an institution, or in the case of our friend Woody, who we did on the cost episode, you end up killing his daughter because the private equity is trying to cut cost, cut cost to make profits right. with the prison healthcare system through privatization. Right. So that's where we really focus on civil society here on the Chris Spangle show is putting compassion first is important mm-hmm. in, in instances where you need it. Yeah, it's a centralized force at the bare minimum where you need to use civil society to cure problems. And then you need profit corporations to fund all of it. Yeah. And you, yeah, the government just being like that, just make sure no one's defrauds yourself, just more being the ref in the whole institution instead of like also manipulating the game. Because a lot yeah. of the things with talk radio and stuff like that is just the federal government, FCC, also ruins it and gets in and, you know, it's just a whole monopoly mess. Yeah. Yeah. But the last thing local thing I do want to talk about, I actually met a Shreve supporter. First one of Really? Met. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. no signs anywhere. I, yeah. I've never seen a sign. Um, and I really had to get this out of her talking. It took a while. It was at yoga too. Uh. <laughs> nobody is happy about this guy and that's the thing like abdul had raised like a hundred thousand dollars and this guy raised six mm-hmm. but if you looked at the report abdul had like twice as many people donating right as this guy yeah, but just it's just cash just, he just right. got boat raced through cash it's just how everything is it's just like you, if it's the same thing that happens to every time a libertarian runs you're just gonna get boat raced on boat raced on cash you can have the better message you can have everything else but like dude's got 10 mil what do you have <laughs> yeah so i i don't know it's uh that's you know a decade ago we had a lot of like independent journalists at the local level they unfortunately passed away <laughs> or stopped writing that you know bloggers that would kind of they were absolutely despised and that's the thing you've got to have people in culture, society, wherever people gather, you've got to have sometimes the one person that mm-hmm. everybody hates mm-hmm. to push the ball forward. Right. And that's what the other thing with Abdul was running. I've met some hardcore lefties in Broad Ripple talking about, I don't agree with Abdul. I don't like him, but he's fair. All right. You know, and I think he will put, at least put the city back on track. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. That's fair. That's how I felt about him, too. I was like, yeah, I don't agree with him half the time, but he, he is fair. He's not going to make the city go down the you know the toilet hole. Yep. So I'm only saying this stuff when I shouldn't be, yeah. just because hopefully somebody somewhere will start putting some pressure on journalists to do their job. Yeah. Uh, well, that's Christo Spangle. But we'll see. Yeah, not Chris uh, Spangle. It's Christo. All right. I don't know why you're doing this to poor Reinhold, but your your it's not the first time your, your reaction video <laughs> is, is second time is who we're going to react to a tim pool video i enjoy watching tim pool's content i find it he i because it gets me frustrated sometimes sometimes i agree with the man and but sometimes i get frustrated because he just 
I feel like he's also ten years behind everybody else. When he like when when they talk about and they complain about things, I'm like, okay, you've seen this, but like, dude, you're well behind the eight ball on this. Right. You're, you know, or and then, but he's been on this harping for the last few years, like the, like like three four years about the whole civil war thing. Yeah, there was that image that you know, civil war time, civil right. war starting, civil, civil war, war, civil, civil, war, war, civil, civil war, war, civil war, civil war. Right. So like, and it's coming old to this fever pitch, which. I said like, in his brain. In his yes. <laughs> Hold on, we'll get to that in this episode. Just okay. Skip it ahead. Okay. All right. Skip it ahead. I'm trying to lay the glass. Sorry. Um, and so all of the people in the comment section, when you watch it, it's all Civil War post, Civil War post. So this is a video from a month ago, right before Trump got the mug shot. Right. So keep in mind, some facts have changed in the video. It's not him being completely wrong all the time. It's just more of a, like you know, facts probably hadn't come out at time of recording of this video. Got it. Ryan Hold, be, gotta be fair. He's already not all fair. That, all that stuff has been known for years. Nobody just wants to accept the facts. Right, you have to be fair. We we haven't really done an episode yet on the Trump stuff, just because I never had time to read it. But we we are going to. I am oh, working on it. You are well divorced with the facts. I did this test on a on a discard call all with a friend, and we made it five minutes in. So especially when he started getting into like the honestly, I feel when he starts getting into the actual Civil War history, that you'll probably go on and rant, oh, Ryan no. Hold, and I go get donuts and come back. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Is it like the, I was watching some Christian? youtuber yesterday saying that the civil rights act had created a new constitution and completely changed the american constitution and we're now operating under the new constitution of the civil rights act and i'm just like how do you have 170,000 subscribers being this dumb how we're going conspiracy that's, that's no we're there's we, a guy we, named joel we really, webbin who looks like a, a discount matt walsh we needed somebody on the network that is just like the biggest sellout ever to just Pump views. That's I know. What we need to do. I know. We, we need Larry back. Where's Rimzo? When we need him, man? <laughs> yeah. It's. I. I think about that all the time, Reinhold. Yeah. Maybe I. I think I said it in chat the other day. I just need to sell out. I need to pick a lane and sell out. Because trying to Go be an hard, independent yeah. person and think about things from my yeah. own perspective is people want to hear the the weirdest, craziest stuff. They want the Alex Jones. They want the. Well, if you the really want to sell out, the EAS test will activate your vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> if you really want to sell out, what you should do is uh, create a like a GoFundMe campaign. Yeah, I talk about I'm going to start a I need put up a bunch of capital and I'm going to start a reality TV show that is open up a co-op uh, grocery store and just videotape just a co-op happening. Fascinating. It, red meat for all the libertarians who say who can't say co-ops. <laughs> How does that make anybody mad? That's what you. Oh, you just it's the, it's the logical fallacies that happens when a co-op. When you start grow, it's all fine and dandy when you've got your initial team and everyone's making money, and then everyone's got to take a decision like, "All oh, right, we need to hire some more people." Are so there everyone, naked people in this? What? Not the co-op? Nobody's gonna just watch a live stream of a co-op. Oh, oh, oh yes, they will. <laughs> no, they won't. Oh, no, it's, it's not a live stream. It'd be a. It's like a reality. Yeah, reality TV show. Spliced yeah. together. Yeah, oh, we'll, okay. We'll cause right, drama. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I just imagine like four hippies exchanging bartering so goods. You get money yes. from the Republicans who say co-ops can't happen, and then you get money from the Democrats because you try to have it in a food. You put it in a food desert. Oh, okay. Very good. You know. You know. Very good. Is there a mute on that, Reinhold? Okay. All right. Um, Got to be half. I'll stand back. Yeah, just a little. Maybe move it away from you. You're, you're, uh, you're, you're like Puff the Magic Dragon over there. Um, all right. I guess we should start. I, I don't. 
I think like of all the like right wing YouTubers, I think he's like the least obnoxious. Uh, he's not right wing. He's okay. center. He's yeah. a left. Okay, he's a leftist who just center. Center. Who questions his own side? All right. Yeah. yeah he's, all right. Are we, are we like Glenn re- Greenwald. Okay. Are, are we uh, redefining all these things now? <sighs> maybe he yes. just. Maybe, have you <laughs> considered that maybe he doesn't know what he believes? No, no. He be- he knows what he believes. He's just which is he what? has a lot of left leaning positions like um, uh, socialized healthcare. He's on that. He's on that bandwagon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I believe he's on UBI or like tips the toe on UBI. There's just like this whole crop of I'm left. I'm Dave Rubin. I'm I'm of the left. I'm just going to criticize my own side. Okay. The Young Turks makes those. They just make them every quarter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chink is like going uh, on shows now and. He's going on right wing shows now, and well, I wonder if him and Anna are kind of setting up to go. No, when when, when everything no. when everything runs out on your side, no. go Republican. No, the Young Turks, and when have, the Republican thing doesn't work out, go Christian. Well, it's the thing. I think Young Turks is going to be great for the left. They are because on the right, it's easy to find when the right has gone too extreme, too crazy, and it's and it's important to shut the right down before they get too uppy because they have a lot of guns. Okay, it's true. And if they go violent, it's awful. And the left has gone a little nutso and crazy, little extreme over the few years. But no one knows where the line where's to shut them down at, though. And so I think they're going to help define that line, like, hey, hammer that down, or help define the line, like, there. There's a big difference between a Democrat and a socialist. That's what you are, socialist. We're Democrats. There's a line. Yeah, I like private property. I like my car, and I want to have, and I want people to have uh, universal health care. It's kind of like that on the right, where on the right, it's like democracy is good or democracy is not good i mean there there there's a thing where like you have the big picture worldview stuff yeah. like on the left for instance i'm not that worried about like 14 college dropouts with chains in a local area in seattle right like right. that's not going to affect my life they're not going to make an impact people who but, like write all cops are bastards yeah. have no real political power and no like Outside of Seattle and Portland, right. they yes. make great they make great foils for right wing media. Mm-hmm. So everybody just thinks that they're really powerful. What's far more powerful are cultural influences, are TV shows, mm-hmm. are your kids' friends. Mm-hmm. Like it's you know, yep. And so it's it's not the the specific socialists. It's sort of the right. yeah. But the line has to be. Someone needs to draw the line because there's a lot. I think the especially the Democratic Party has always been to- toying and playing with and curting votes from socialists and, and communists, and just like the Republican Libertarian Party, like, hey, you guys are kind of nuts. So, you know, no, your ideas are yeah. bad, and you should feel bad. Uh, but no, no, let's. Uh, this would be a great video. All right, let's get let's get into it. Right. You, want me, you want me to add it in, or you got it? Uh, here we go. Okay, you're just going to do full screen now. Let's way? do full screen. Yeah. No, no, we're not doing that. We we did a whole video about not doing stuff like this. And this video, is I a wasn't month, on that video, and I don't care. And this video is a month old, so we're not trying to steal views from Tim Pool. Should we do it this format, com- or should we do it this format? I like this one. Okay. This month, the video is a month old. I'm not stealing views. <laughs> this, okay. This video right. technically would be dead in the YouTube algorithm, basically. Even MSNBC is now running segments warning of civil war. Mehdi Hassan says Trump indictments spark threats of civil war, and it is not just talk. I've been talking about the threat of civil war for some time, and I want you all to reflect and think about where we are right now. 
It is not just Donald. <laughs> Reinhold does this thing. You can see it in the video. But we talked about it on Thursday's live stream. Reinhold does this thing where he leans down and puts his head in his hands and starts rubbing his forehead whenever we play a clip of a right-wing person. No, it's not It's not that it's a right-wing person. It's when they say something so stupid. <laughs> what did he say that was oh. stupid? It's so... It, this this is wish fulfillment that these guys are putting out there. They want this to happen, so they're trying to get people. It's like, oh yeah, NBC NBC saying this. Yeah, they're saying that you're reporting on people like you saying this. He's validating basically his but, point of view. It's right there in the uh, um, in the crayon. Look, yeah, look, but, look there. Yeah, they put a crayon in there because there's threats of civil war. Because people like Tim Pool have been talking about civil war for two months. I think, and civil, they're just reporting on that. I think some level of civil war is totally possible, though. Don't you? Uh, the not right now. No, I don't think so. All right, let's give him a chance. We're only like fourteen right. seconds in. Ryan Holt was there. He would go. <laughs> Trump the has been un- indicted in an unprecedented move, never before seen in this country. It is also his legal. <laughs> you gonna be okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's unprecedented because it's unprecedented crimes. By <laughs> I mean, come on, it's not like. Uh, it, it, Donald Trump has only had 4,000 lawsuits filed against him. He's completely honest, okay? All right, come on, guys. We, we've already made it through. Counsel. Uh, and we also have some more it. updates. As they go through the list of those who are being indicted, you have Kanye West's publicist involved because apparently the publicist was hired to advocate for Trump's legal strategy. And that is conspiracy. They also go on to mention in the indictment that there are many, many unindicted co-conspirators. We know that in Jack Smith's probe out of the out of D.C. with the federal government, there are many other unindicted co-conspirators, and it is believed they will be criminally charged. What we are seeing now is that, well, since 2016, the Democrats claim the election was stolen, levied a fake, a hoax against Donald Trump, not a fake hoax, but a fake claim and a hoax against Trump about Russian collusion, obstructing government and falsely impeaching. Come on, even you have to admit that the Russian collusion thing was fake. Define what you mean by Russian collusion. The, the Steele dossier, <laughs> I remember on this program in 2017 saying how stupid that was because it was so clearly fake. The Steele dossier, first of all. Okay. See, he, he can't. No, but no, it's not this. It's you what never I'm met a prosecutor that no, you don't Steel love. Steele dossier had nothing to do with anything. It was yes, of course media. it did. What are you talking about? That's not why there was an investigation. The whole, the whole investigation was predicated based on him being a Russian spy. No. Because of the Steele dossier. No. Yes. No. Yes, the whole. F- Opera- the the operation mystery. started three months earlier because Papadopoulos was out there popping off saying, we're working with the Russians in order to get Trump elected. That's what the investigation started at. I think he's going to punch me. No, I've never just, seen I'm him get mad this, this, I keep hearing all this stuff where people are trying to say, oh, it's a hoax, it's a hoax, it's a hoax. Then why were like 12 people arrested and put in jail and take, and, and money was taken from them? Who, who got the, put in jail? Because I thought it was just the six Russians in the Mueller investigation that got indicted. No, it wasn't just the six One Russians. One of them being Prigozhin, also, who just got killed, by the way. Right. But, I mean, there were, there were other... Prigozhin was like in charge of the whole right. Russian mm-hmm. activity that was happening during the 2016 election. And but we had people like we have we had learned from the Stone trial that the they knew that they were getting that information from WikiLeaks it was coming out. They got a pre pre notified about it like a week in advance. So mm-hmm. they they got told by the Russian agents that they were working with the the 
I can't remember his name, the guy, uh, Flynn. Flynn was working literally with a Russian agent and giving him inside polling information. Hmm. They were taking that information and going to Pogrosian and then pushing stuff out to social media. All this stuff was happening. They met with an agent to try and get dirt on Hillary. And when they didn't come up with the dirt that they wanted on Hillary, they canceled the meeting. But they were willing to do it. All this stuff came out in the Mueller report, but nobody wanted to read the Mueller report because Bill Barr said, oh, there's nothing in here. It's exonerating. So everybody just laughed it off. If you actually read that thing, it was not a fake thing. Not wrong. They did try to do collusion. They were just too inept to yeah. actually do collusion. They got caught. Correct. <laughs> now, that's just not type of thing that the, most of the Democrats did lean on the uh, throughout the 2016 was the, um, the Steele dossier, pumping that out. But, yeah, a lot that of was... news sites did do that, and some FBI investigations did work that on that. was the that. first time that everybody that heard about it. That, yeah, it was a thing. And it, it was, was so obviously it was sensa- bogus. It was sensationalist because of the P-tapes. Right. That's what started it all. The right. P-tapes yeah. of the P-tapes. It's like, okay, but there's all this stuff that's actually happening that people are investigating. Even the FBI was just like, eh. And they ignored mm-hmm. still the OCA. It was hardly used for it. it was, the only thing it was ever used for was one of the pieces of information used to renew mm-hmm. Carter Page's wiretap. Mm-hmm. And nothing came out of that. They didn't get any information from Carter Page from mm-hmm. that wiretap. It was completely irrelevant to everything that was going on in the investigation. Mm-hmm. But somehow it's become all of this was based off the Steele dossier. And it was all fake and a hoax. And it's like, no, it was not. You know what? I the, don't like your red glasses. The, the, the continuation <laughs> was based off that crappy dossier. Yes, yes. The but, news, no, the news media was it, yeah, the but, hyping it up. Yeah, was that the yeah. trying to use it for? Um, they were trying to use it in the 2016 election. They were mm-hmm. trying to use it. And, and it all came from the steel dossier. It wasn't even from Hillary to begin with anyway. It was from McCain and his opposition research. That's when it got started. All right. Let's go. We're only a minute 18. And then it was also, it was still partially a little bit funded from the Hillary Clinton. Oh, no, Clinton. It definitely she was. Had pay, yeah, she, she was pushing it. Yeah, they were trying, they paid, they were trying okay. to use it to get elected. All right. Teaching him twice. I don't see how this is anything but a revolutionary period. <laughs> Uh, or I should say civil war period. Now, many people tell me that I'm wrong, that I'm crazy. They take my tweets and they say, look at all the times Tim said this. And I just uh, think back and I would say it this way. If you go back to when I was saying several years ago that we were tracking towards a civil war, you know, I'd watched a documentary about the Spanish civil war. I've watched short videos about the Russian revolution. I've watched I don't know, probably a dozen American (laughs) Civil War documentaries. And I just... This guy's (laughs) base of information is watching documentaries? Harry, describe my face. As this man said, he watched YouTube videos. Yeah, he watched a documentary. Your face went from like, all right, he's going to tell me all his sources. And when he just find out you're just watching YouTube video documentary, your face just started to crumble. It's just like, what? What? It, it, I've got bookshelves of this. It <laughs> twisted into what? And and look, this is why let he who is without stone, uh, uh, without sin, cast stones. Right. So you know, uh, back in the old days, mm-hmm. my prep was a lot of documentaries. Yeah. But but you're not being paid like this man is, and this is his full time job. And people are not listening to me at the level they're listening to him. But yeah. you know what I realized? If this was your full time gig. You would you, you would give us a reading list on Mondays. Yes. What I realized in 2018 ish, 2019, was that my learning and base of knowledge was insufficient to do the program I was doing. Mm-hmm. 
And what ended up happening to this show, as I can tell the people who are still here, because we've lost a fair amount of people, because I phoned it in for two years, uh, was that around year nine of the show, I realized the level of people that were listening to me and the level of responsibility that I carried with that. Like, mm-hmm. If people are taking what you say that seriously and you are, it, that is like a heavy responsibility mm-hmm. and you better not half behind it like I was most of the time. Like when Greg was on the show, he was the smart one and I was the one that ran the podcast. And mm-hmm. then when he left, it was like, I've got to actually start being smart. Okay, I've got to start like researching. Then we had that period, Harry, where I over-researched. Yes. Um, but I realized doing that, mm-hmm. how flimsy my knowledge was and how not going to college, not finishing my degree, never taking my schooling that seriously, had left me with significant gaps. And it led to a major crisis of confidence in doing this show. And so what I have been doing since 2019 is taking some college courses, reading like a madman, two books a week, like investing in shows like history of modern politics that have set off. Look, I don't know the history of Western politics. Like I need to dig in and do a bunch of reading on this. I'm, I'm starting a project that you'll hear on the show with Caleb Franz about America's 250th birthday. What are the documents and events that led up to the declaration of independence on its 250th birthday? Like, and then how did that impact us after, uh, like, and then my relig- the religious side of me, like investing in apologetics and philosophy and understanding what I actually believe, and then articulating it to all of you. It's a heavy responsibility that, fortunately, it's not that much of a responsibility because, in the process of checking out a little bit to do it, we have lost some of our audience. <laughs> um, but but what you realize is you get to just ignored all that and just watch a couple YouTube videos and get a hundred. The next 10 years of this show will be so much better because of the work I'm doing right now. But that tells me that Tim doesn't understand the weight of his responsibility and the depth of knowledge that you really need to have to be a good commentator. I don't feel I have that. I feel I'm, I'm an okay commentator, but I could be so much better had I spent the last 25 years reading Mm -hmm. And not just watching YouTube videos and documentaries. I don't think Tim Poole is concerned about being that responsible commentator. I think he's just wanting to figure out he's getting what's the, the best way to get the clicks so I can get the money so that I can have this as my job. And yeah. and also push out my my beliefs and agenda onto people and get them following along with me. I think Fair. he's moving on the knowledge that he does have. Yeah. I think maybe a little business thing minded mm-hmm. because he's got a he's got workers and an empire to build. I think he's just, I think he needs a break. I think he <laughs> yeah. needs a good two week vacation every quarter. To touch uh, grass. To go touch not touch grass, just to disconnect from the internet. I th- I I, th- I realized around twenty twenty that like that's why 21, 22, I didn't do that much mm-hmm. because I realized I was physically manifesting symptoms of the stress of trying to make We Are Libertarians grow, mm-hmm. trying to read all of this, trying to understand everybody's point of view, the weight of trying to gain knowledge mm-hmm. and trying to take everybody seriously at a certain point makes you just collapse. And you you end up in the ecosystem so invested in the ecosystem that you're building, mm-hmm. that you're observing on Twitter, 
that you lose touch with the fact that there are other groups of people out there that think differently than you, mm-hmm. and you don't appreciate them, you don't listen to them, you don't understand them because they're not in front of your algorithm. And so I could see that. I th- I, a break, not caring because at a certain point, Reinhold's right, you just got to ship the product. Mm-hmm. You just got to go. Yeah, just like three plus videos a week. Uh, yeah, a, a day, three, three plus videos a day, and a two-hour live stream. So yeah, Rhino's also right. I'm not saying that you're wrong, but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, if if somebody does tag Tim Pool and say that we're talking trash, make sure they say that Harry loves him. <laughs> Harry, Harry does really like him, and Brian Nichols was on his show, so I, I do appreciate him in certain ways. Yeah, but yeah, as a beanie skateboarder, I appreciate the guy. You know, yeah, I've watched, I've watched his content a long different time. Like, and I, uh, but like he also brings on people that I do respect, like Luke Radowski of a We Are Change. Love Luke. I don't think that he's that crazy about the Civil War thing, but we're going to give him his due, and then we'll talk about that, and I'll argue with that. Reinhold, oh. keep feeling like there are similarities. Of course, it's never the same, but there are many, many similar things. We have leftists. We have a Princeton professor. We have national security analysts all warning of similar or the same things. And just yesterday, and this is before the indictment, Mehdi Hassan says Trump supporters' threats of civil war are not just talk. But I find it funny. Trump supporters' threats of civil war? That's an interesting way to put it. Because this guy supports the actions of the DOJ going after Donald Trump and his lawyers and political consultants and publicists and advocates. But the warnings are real. Okay. So to finish my point, if uh, I, I always like to call it the time travel test. That's, that's why we don't give him the pause, but because he. <laughs> I'm just going to. Just letting it go. We, we need. How do I put Dennis and have the Dennis cam here? Oh, like solo later. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I can't do it. Dang. What did you, what did you, oh, uh, man. All right. Well, here we go. Uh, oh, you can't. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 all right. Here's here's the argument. Yeah. The okay. Can uh, can we play it? Ah, oh, oh, dang. Uh, uh, maybe if I just remove us. Here we go. I'd like to take you back to 2018. I think that was the year of the battle. Uh, the Battle of Berkeley. I'm not sure. Back then, I had a few hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. Now I have several million. And back then, I was witnessing these street battles. Uh, I was witnessing the political sentiment, and I was told consistently by Republicans, Republican personalities and conservative (laughs) journalists, that I was crazy to think that this could eventually lead to civil war. I've made this point several times. It looks like we're pegging him. (laughs) Escalation just keeps happening before us, yet there are still people who say it's crazy to think it's happening. Uh, Fair point, fair point. It could be a revolution, and you all could find find yourselves just locked up in jail like many of these Republicans. <laughs> Poor okay. Reinhold. What I love is, is when you have a, a group of people who for decades has spent their time talking about rule of law and lawless people doing things and people being held accountable to our laws. And then you go and you try to enforce those laws. Mm-hmm. The, that are being broken mm-hmm. at extremely just obnoxious levels. Mm-hmm. They're going after him and they're attacking him. <laughs> and it's like, do you, do you not understand what he's done and how this, the fact that he doesn't think that the, the impeachments were um, legitimate. Yeah. By the it's way, like, if, if the impeachments, especially the second one, mm-hmm. yeah, especially. The okay. Second. The January 6th. If, if the Senate 
had taken the trial seriously and done an actual trial and had had removed him if Mm -hmm. mitch mcconnell didn't just say well we can just let this go and we'll we'll get what the republicans have never understood is the republican establishment i guess i should say is they keep going well eventually his time clock's gonna run out if we just punt he'll go away Mm-hmm. that's never going to happen. The only thing that will make this go away is him dying, mm-hmm. and he's never going to stop. Yeah. He sees achieving the presidency as his only form of protection, so he yeah. can give himself a pardon. It is self-protection. It is. And so they, they, if they had taken the civil process of impeachment, the political process mm-hmm. of impeachment seriously, then you would not have gotten to the criminal peace. And Donald Trump, by running for president, invited them to do the criminal process to do something about it because he is a fundamental threat to the rule of law and the constitutional order. The man tried to stay in office on January 6th. He had lost the election. He filed 150 lawsuits trying to prove that he, the election was stolen from him. He failed in every single one of those. He said the other day that there is voter fraud taking place in this election. There hasn't been a ballot cast yet in the 2024 election, and the man is saying it's already been stolen from him. When he won in 2016, he said there was fraud and it was stolen from him. This is how he thinks this is his M.O. And so he's he's a threat to the constitutional order, and the Democrats see themselves as a check and balance. You may not agree with that. Uh, I think that some of the cases are complete and total BS, and then some of them aren't. <laughs> like, the documents case is pretty open and shut mm-hmm. in terms of his guilt and his obstruction of justice and his perjury, and you don't mm-hmm. get a pass to just violate the law and obstruct justice because you're the head of a political movement in the country. So the the, the opposite side, Reinhold, is also true. Yeah, so maybe there are some of these cases where he is being prosecuted because he's running for president, because he's Donald Trump, but he is also expecting special treatment, and he should be allowed to get away with violating the law and do other things that other people aren't allowed to do. Those latest filing uh, to get rid of the lawsuits in (laughs) D.C. and Florida are that I was president at the time, therefore nothing I can do is illegal. It's the Nixon defense right. of the imperial presidency, which they want to implement. This is what the Project 2025 process is about. They mm-hmm. want to put in an imperial presidency that has no checks and balances and is only filled, the entire executive branch is filled with nothing but people who have passed a loyalty test to him. What was the um, red... It wasn't like the red dictator, red authoritarian. It was an article big in the news yesterday or the day before. I'll see if I can find it. But basically, someone started documenting how all of these right-wing commentators are now talking about the need for a monarchy, which we in the libertarian movement have seen yes. for years now, yeah. for the last four or five years. Is Yeah. I mean, it's all coming from the Heritage uh, Foundation. It's, yeah. My Mo- it's Curtis Yarvin yeah. feeding... <laughs> A young group of conservatives and libertarians. Mm-hmm. It's Hoppe to Yarvin mm-hmm. to Heritage mm-hmm. to Claremont Institute to all these different think tanks, and mm-hmm. it's it's starting to grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had it in the 30s. This is the thing that people need to realize. Karl Rove mm-hmm. wrote a great op-ed in the Washington Post 
listen to him on Dan Senor's podcast, basically talking about how the country is in better shape than it's been in the past. Mm-hmm. We had 10,000 bombings under Nixon, right? Like, which we'll get to because I think it counters kind of, if you know history, I'll, I'll pull that up and we'll read through it. But yeah, yeah. Reinhold's a great check when everyone was like, well, this is, we've never been this violent, but it's going to get into, we got to get to the yeah. part of the yeah. video. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, somebody's never read like, about 1968 before. How about right. Kent State? How much? And there's the thing is about Kent State National Guard killed, you know, four students. They don't talk about the next week, the National Guard killed more students at another campus. Okay, I didn't know that one. <laughs> yeah, it was in Florida. And it's like this stuff was happening. There were race uh, killings going on. There were people killing people because of their race in in the earlier seventies, late sixties, and it was just, it was really nasty for a long time. They didn't have that in Forrest Gump. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, what okay, you do with this, keep playing this Panther Party? What you <laughs> this Panther Party? who were uh, slated as alternate electors, they're now being accused of being (laughs) co-conspirators. So you've got Democrats in all of these states going after anyone who dared to oppose them. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about one of the conspirators in the current case against Donald Trump and, uh, and again, these conspirators. One individual met with an alternate slate of electors. Explaining to them that in the event that there is a a legal challenge that succeeds Mm -hmm. in 2020, they will need to have filled out the appropriate documents to submit. The Constitution prescribes uh, prescribes as such. This is what happened in 1960 with Kennedy versus Nixon. Wrong. Republicans had won in Hawaii. Democrats convened an alternate slate of electors anyway, filled out the forms and submitted them. It because there were ongoing legal challenges. Because there was an ongoing legal challenge. And it came down to Richard that was Nixon, valid, that who was in ultimately place. had to decide whether or not he would count the Democrat or the Republican votes, right. despite the fact the state. Right. That needs to get out because, like, yeah, can you keep talking about this historical case? Here? This, this has all been debunked. It's all just he, he, he gets a narrative, and you can come in ha- at him with all the facts, just, just like with all this stuff about, um, you know, the Trump investigations, all, all these things. The, the massive violations of law, all the things that have happened, you can give him all the facts. And he doesn't care because it doesn't fit the narrative he wants to present. But what? But, but you say that all the time. But pe- people don't go and read what you read, mm-hmm. and they don't. No, people it, like him are supposed to be out there presenting the information to people so that they don't have to go read it. They can hear it from someone who's supposedly a political commentator who does the work like you're trying to do. Where you go out and get all this information, you present it in a way so people can understand what's really going on. But that's not what they do. They don't care about that. They want to uninf- they want to propagandize, and that's what they're doing. This is propaganda because they're not giving you the full story. They're not giving you the counter. They're not admitting that what they're saying is not true. They're doing this in order to push people to thinking this stuff because they know people aren't going to go out and check on whether what he said is right or not. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah, I could do this every Monday now with uh, Reinhold. Just turn, I, you know, the pool hear pool. him rant. <laughs> honestly, rant section. Honestly, like I, I feel like we should get his blood pressure monitor on the screen and just watch it go up as we press play. <laughs> I, got, I got my watch. Unfortunately, Rove my, uh, didn't write an article, so I can't go back. But my heart rate is at eighty right now. So oh, that's good. Good. Okay. Good. Right. Oh, this is a normal oh, day oh, for me. Oh, you look play. like you're working out hard. You look like <laughs> we'll get that up. 
You look like you. <laughs> well, you know, in, in this shape, you know, any any movement at all is going to be seen as a <laughs> shock to the system. Movement at this point. <laughs> right, let's keep going. Had certified the Republicans. Nixon said, "We're going to count the Democrats," and that was history. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump and his team Nixon came up with a similar legal argument. <laughs> Now, on the left, they argue that this was a crackpot scheme to try and steal the election because they lost. On the right, they argue that there were discrepancies. There was evidence of fraud or malfeasance. There was none. There were issues pertaining to the executive of states changing the rules, despite the fact that the Constitution says the state legislature has ultimate say. Which they gave. The argument from the Trump camp boiled down to a very simple point. If the st- we could probably do a whole episode on that with the with the Pennsylvania Constitution them changing the thing like that, but yeah, it's 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 just how it's worded. Right. It's very weird, but yeah, that's a whole it's a whole like I want to say two hour essay on like what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyways, state legislature has not had its say on these election procedures. The vice president should not accept the results, uh, 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 the electors that were presented to them. Often they were done by either courts or the governor and that he should send them back to the state legislature to vote on them. Now, I don't know. You can argue that Trump is lying or you can argue that he was wrong or you can argue that he was right. Regardless, this is a legal procedure (laughs) for handling it. Not regardless. He's lying. (laughs) The man is lying. He's lying. And and there's proof against it. And he violated the law several times. And there is why we have the court case. Now, granted, this is before the buck shot. The indictment, I think, was just released when this was recorded. Okay, in Georgia. Okay, so. Yeah, yeah, like, look, the the two New York cases, the the Bragg case is ridiculous. Like, I forget which the, what's the subject of that one, the... uh, the payments to Stormy Daniels. Yeah, yeah right. Violated. Come on. Yeah, he, he, it's, a, it's, the, it's a re-election one. The Georgia case is flimsy. What? What? The Georgia case is not. Is absolutely is not flimsy. flimsy. Oh, God, whoa. no, it is whoa. not. Whoa, whoa. Yes, oh, yes. no. <laughs> you're trying, you're doing a RICO statue. Yes. You have no direct evidence that he's actually involved. What? They're, they're trying to flip other people to turn on him. They have the evidence. They have the evidence. What evidence? Let's hear the evidence, Harry. <clears throat> they have evidence of like the phone calls with him with the governor to look for the votes, and then all of them pushing that of them going to Secretary of State Raffensperger. Yeah. Yes, and then going to the um, uh, let's say when it was the quote unquote phone call when they got permission to go look at the voting machines and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They didn't, which supposed to be they're supposed to have this whole thing, so they illegally crossed over there. There's tons of different stuff. I can't remember off the top of my head because I'm not prepped for this. I forget most of this thing. Th- but. Therefore, it's I win. Nope. That's, not- <laughs> that's like a 75 page indictment or something. Yeah, like this all is a massive detail indictment. Yeah. This it's is massive. Not- it's a RICO case. You yes. don't have the so, smoking gun. The Republicans. No, they made- have the smoking gun. Which they- is what? The, the phone call a, to Raffensburger? That's one of the smoking guns. They also yeah. have text messages. They have eyewitness uh, of testimony. Mm-hmm. Yes. Saying, go steal me 11,000 votes. He said it on the call. Yeah. yeah. They're prosecuting him on what Georgia statue? I can't remember what the statue is called, but for it is, yeah, but it's a voter fraud one. We could go. You know all what? right, let's, we'll, let's do an let's episode on it later. Next, we'll all come back. We'll yeah. come back and do this. I'm going to have a free Saturday coming up here shortly. The, the documents do. case, though, is open and shut. 
Yeah, we can all agree much. on that. Yeah, it's pretty it's much, even yeah. getting worse right. because yeah, they getting, found out about yeah, <laughs> telling he, that he, Australian businessman. The, 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 he told an Australian businessman how nuclear weapons were made or something. What reason, was the, the, <laughs> he was telling him about nu- nuclear capabilities of, of submarines. And the funny thing is, is the reason he wasn't indicted for that, because Smith knew about it, I think the reason he wasn't indicted for it is because he was wrong about the that's know, funny stuff. That he yeah. told him the wrong yeah. information. It's worse than the nuclear warhead. It's the nuclear submarine. Okay. It's worse. Yeah. <laughs> Submarine capabilities. Yeah. Weren't they trying? They- most people, most countries can't do the uh, uh, nuclear uh, submarine. They can't right. do it. No, they can't do it. Yeah, he's. It's always the cover up. It's it's the crime most like the burglary for Nixon was second rate, and he didn't even need it. He he won in a landslide the, in seventy two. Yeah, the reason why he, the reason why that burglar happened is because. The Democrats had information on a specific person, a Republican, and they wanted about him in an affair and his ex, his wife and et cetera. It was a whole thing. They went in to get that information out. That's the reason they broke into that. Right. Hmm. But Trump continuing trying to destroy evidence, move evidence, mm-hmm. lying to prosecutors, asking all the people in the case to lie about it. Like that stuff is open and shut and against the law, plain and simple. Yes. So I, I think you can argue, look. Uh, if if you're Tim Pool or you watch Tim Pool and you think everything he says is right, or you're you're a Trump fan, like you look at it and you go, okay, Chris Spangle is going to give you the argument that Georgia and the two New York cases are meant to punish Donald Trump for running for president. Disagree. Uh, so, fine. New York, maybe Georgia. No, disagree. And then, but the stealing of documents when you were, uh, oh, well, Joe Biden did it. Well, what Joe Biden and Mike Pence did is return the documents immediately. They didn't try to argue that the documents were theirs. They didn't lie to Lie to investigators that they had them, move them, text people, and, and threaten witnesses. Like you, and attempt to destroy right. evidence by destroying the video camera feeds and, the, yeah. and the, the server. They tried to destroy the server and realized they couldn't do it. Right. Somehow that room got flooded. Hey, hey, but the happens. timing of it all is suspect, Reinhold, isn't it? Hey, hey, hey. According to my IRSS auditor, that happens all the time. I get, mm-hmm. My basement gets flooded all the time. <laughs> <laughs> your guns and your tax <laughs> returns are all flooded. All gets flooded. I, my boat has many holes in it. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a boat in the basement downstairs. I thought that was weird. <laughs> that's the thing that I run into is like the timing of it all is suspect. Well, no, because the process of trying to, like I've done shows on it. It takes time to investigate. A big piece of the problem with, go back to the bail bondsmen that I talked to from Houston. The reason that so many criminals are back on the street and allowed to murder again Mm -hmm. is that it it takes a long time, thanks to COVID backups, Mm -hmm. now to get people through the court system. Right. And judges aren't necessarily going to make an exception for Donald Trump. So an investigation takes a year, at least, to work on, especially a very complicated uh, investigation with a criminal enterprise as big as Donald Trump's. Mm -hmm. And so it takes time for those investigations to work their way through, takes time to charge them, to get them arraigned, and then a few months later, like when somebody says there's a timing issue here, I hear that person saying, I don't understand how long the criminal justice system actually takes for most people. Most of them exactly. don't understand how it works at all. At all. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Bingo, bingo. It's when people talk about, well, uh, Putin didn't invade Ukraine during, uh, during Trump because he was afraid of Trump. No. Mm-hmm. It was right after the world pandemic. Right. People were, p- countries are broke. 
they're trying to rebuild. It was the only time that he could because no one expected the United States to start dumping billions into a country. Yeah, That's Franklin Four wrote in his book that I think he interviewed Putin or Putin did an interview that he reported on in the book. But he's basically saying, why did Putin wait till Biden was president? Angela Merkel had left. They had a weaker, newer prime minister. Mm-hmm. He knew at that point that uh, the French president was very weak. We see the mm-hmm. riots constantly happening yep. in France. You had Brexit had thrown Britain into chaos. Correct. And then you had Biden. Biden, he was actually impressed when he met him in person, and his words to him when he walked him up on stage were, wow, you look better than I thought. Hilarious, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he th- he saw him to be more robust. But he didn't think that Joe Biden had the political capital to do what he's done in terms of funding. So yeah. he saw weakness across the board. It wasn't about Joe Biden per se. Mm-hmm. There was a piece of it that was that way, but right. that that was his calculation on that. And the United States is shaming the other EU countries to also donating and putting things up. Which they still haven't done enough. Right. This is their responsibility. They're doing higher uh, GDP than we are. Do more. Percentage percentage of GDP that they're giving is like twice than what we're giving. Good. Make it three times. No, it's fine. But what I'm saying, the other thing too is that, have you heard this week, Putin gave an interview saying, or his his minister of whatever, um, gave an interview saying that their their calculation is that the West is getting tired of this. The people are starting to say they don't want to support it anymore. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they do, we're going to be able to go in and finish this up and get that country back where it should be with us because mm-hmm. it's never it's never mm-hmm. technically not but USSR. That's go- that's so going all to the happen. all that Reagan did, no, it's not going to happen. If that's, we help, if we fucking help the, 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 Ukraine, they won't happen. That's Western democratic countries don't have an open checkbook forever like Russia will. That's the problem. Russia's not. Okay, Russia's why, 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 is the ta- why is the Taliban still in charge of you know Afghanistan? Russia does not have an open checkbook. I've they been hearing about bleeding. how broke they are for they just a year got, and a half now. They just had to pull their navy off of Crimea because they and? were getting their their navy was getting destroyed yep. by a purse by a company that doesn't have, they, country that doesn't have a navy. Yeah, they're getting gassed up also by like uh, China. So that like it's they're also. Right now, the sanctions are also helping Russia's economy. Mm-hmm. They're not having to interact or have, interact with the rest of the marketplace. The, the worst thing that's going to happen to Russia right now is to drop the sanctions. Their economy won't be able to take the hit. Yeah, you know, and fluctuate. But they'll never but, do that. Oh no, no, no. no that's we're just going way. to continue that's a terrible this, way to take. We're just going to continue economics. the sanctions and let them continue to build an alternative economy that will event end up. In ten years, no. Nope. Why would f us? What? Who's their? Who's their biggest ally? China. Ooh, they. <laughs> good luck, Brazil. They Iran. can't get up. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Iran. Iran. Yeah. I, I've just been hearing it's, for ten years that China's about to collapse. Russia's about to collapse. North Korea is about to collapse. These economies just keep growing. They keep getting stronger, and they keep networking together. BRICS is in a different place than it was ten years ago. I think the biggest hitter inside of BRICS is India. India is the biggest hitter, and 100%. It, eventually, India is going to find out the lead weight of the Indian economy is China, who who India and China are not friends with. Brazil and Russia and India will. If, if India's smart, they'll get they'll do something. They'll go somewhere else and go gets out of bricks. That's that and it's a lead anchor to the Indian economy. Yeah. Uh, so let's go back to the Tim Pool yeah, video. Yeah, we're, we're way off on tangents, but that's what we do. If the vice president decided that uh, he agreed and he could have, it would be kicked back either to the state legislatures to decide, or it could go to delegates in the House of Representatives. 
The delegations are not the total members of Congress. It is uh, it was believed at the time. Newsweek wrote about this before the election. I, mean, I can't believe this is over three years ago that what would happen is there are more Republican delegations to the House than Democrat, and thus they would likely elect Donald Trump. But this is the process by which the, the Constitution and legal precedent sets for how we deal with these discrepancies, how we deal with these conflicts. We don't just say one side is right. Everyone give up. We're done. We say, hey, I have a challenge to this. And then the legal challenge carries on. And that's how the system is is to be handled. Mike Pence ultimately decided not to participate. And that's that. Yeah. He decided not to participate. Because he's not legally allowed to. The other thing, too, is that there was no legal challenges going on at the time. All of them had been dismissed and found to be without mm-hmm. merit. Yeah. It's not like they had ongoing le- legislation happening at the time anyway. Yeah. To be fair. <laughs> Some challenges were made, and they and either the judge has said they didn't have standing, you know, and they, those cases did get thrown out, mm-hmm. uh, or they kept appealing, and eventually a case got kicked back up. Was it like Arizona? Wasn't it with the uh, voting machines there? But it was very small, very, very small <laughs> little six. Yeah, like one to or be two fair, out of one hundred and fifty. To be fair, to be fair, <laughs> I think I think he won one case. I'm trying to uh, steal Manning the argument. Steel Manning? I've never heard Steel Manning before. Yeah, st- yeah, you mean yeah. Straw Manning? No, I'm Steel Manning. It. Instead of it fighting stronger. It, yeah, instead of making oh, it stronger. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm Steel Manning. Thank you. Thanks, Randall. All the, all, all the arguments in the world, I think that's that. A legal challenge is made. Mike Pence says no. We move on. It wasn't a legal challenge. But that's not what they're doing. They're advancing forward. They're advancing forward with criminal charges against lawyers and political consultants and publicists. Mehdi Hassan. Here's what he says. He warned that threats of political violence are no longer just talk, as some elected Republicans allude to civil war or the use of force amid the criminal prosecutions of Donald Trump. The MSNBC host on Sunday was discussing how a possible conviction. So so clarification, the article they published was from uh, they, they posted the video on MSNBC today. It was actually from two days ago. The host on Sunday was discussing how a possible conviction and sentencing of the former president would play out among his supporters, particularly as Georgia prosecutors look to bring their election interference case against him to a grand jury on Tuesday. Trump is already facing three other criminal cases. Hassan rolled a clip of one Trump supporter speaking with NBC News's Vaughn Hilliard at a New Hampshire rally last week. If Donald Trump were to be found guilty by a jury, where do you see this going? Civil war, the woman responded, adding. Because we can't live together, obviously. Mm-hmm. These were not the <laughs> rantings of a cultist Trump superfan, Hassan argued, pointing to elected Republicans who have made similar remarks. And you know what? To before they did ask someone to New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, people have been stockpiling weapons ready to break Ian Freeman out of jail. Uh, allegedly. Uh. No, he's these. Uh, allegedly. See you in eight years, buddy. <laughs> He's, he's not allegedly in jail. They're allegedly breaking yeah. him out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I completely agree with that sentiment. These are not ranting and raving crackpots in the middle of the woods screaming about the end being nigh. These are regular working class people who are pointing out what Matty Hassan has already said, what many liberals and leftists have already said, what everyone seems to agree on. There have been new. We all agree, right? So here's the thing he's doing. And and it's it's I see this a lot. Hassan too. or Pool? Pool. 
because maybe in this song, in a, in a way, I mean, the editors, way, yeah, the yeah. editors podcast no, no. of National Review the other day was yeah. talking about the yeah. exact same things that these three right. are talking about. What they're doing is Shoot. they're talking to people and saying, you know, what would happen? And they say, well, we fear there will be a civil war because they keep getting told there's going to be a civil war by all these people. So, yeah, they're going to start saying, that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that's what's going to happen. Because mm-hmm. they're getting told that's what's going to happen. And it's a cycle. But isn't that what Poole's really saying? Is that if we don't kind of get it together, like civil wars going... I don't feel like Tim Poole is saying, I want a civil war. I feel like Tim Poole is saying, if we don't fix some things, we're going to have a civil war. You watch him. Is that Correct. a, a yeah, more that's fair... That's his thing. Is like He doesn't see like an off-ramp to a lot of this ramping up of both sides. Because like, I agree well, with that. Part of the problem is, is that he is one of the facilitators of that whole mindset. Hmm. In what he, way? He, he sees it as being all Republicans good or all Democrats bad. That's what he's been is saying about nope, this whole fair? thing. Nope, nope, that's not nope, fair. That's what he's, in this case, is what I'm saying. Okay, okay. All right. I'll like, just say, because a lot of times he just... Trump can do no wrong. No, he talks about how Trump can do wrong sometimes. A lot of the times, he also says, you know, he despises Republicans. He, he, he says only, they're useless. He, he, I only, think th- he only despises Republicans and thinks they're useless when they agree with Democrats or let the Democrats get their way. Right. He also, but he also likes the Mises Caucus. My point is now made even. <laughs> you, still, why did you think that was? Manning. Why did I you was, think was, that that was going to hurt help with him? I, I really, point, really right just wanted to give like Ryan Hall a bow. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying I, I really think a lot of this is, and he's been ta- harping about this for years and years and years right it's like when you say oh there's going to be a recession it's, next year yeah. oh, there's going to be a recession soon there's going to be a recession yeah. there's going to be a recession people start saying well I think there might be a recession they start pulling back it it generates its own reality yeah yeah. if you keep on it yeah. enough yeah I really feel um, uh, like a, a Sitch and Adam always talk about this like we're going to end up LARPing ourselves into he, a civil war he definitely wants to make himself right yeah. he wants to be right he wants his his the thing that he has the flag that he's planted his hill on to pan out I, that's where I would say yeah you're right Reinhold yeah. in that you have to be careful with it. Yeah. But I don't think he's that wrong. Hassan's not that wrong. And the editors of the National Review are not wrong when they say we're in a precarious position. Yes. And when you have uh, you have a left that obviously will burn down cities. Yes. I don't know what's going on in Philly. I don't think it's politically motivated. But yep. you have cities, people in cities that are willing to burn their, themselves out of their houses. Yep. And and business is down, and then you also got we've gotten to the Kyle Rittenhouse point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you know what the editors on the most recent one because I listened because for about the uh, Kevin McCarthy stuff. And what they were saying is uh, was actually pretty grim, in that Donald Trump's not going to win again because he isn't going to get more independence. You may you may have a situation like Hillary where. Um, his the black base specifically stays home. You see the massive erosion of the black vote, and there isn't a Democratic presidential candidate that can win without black women. You see what's happening in Chicago. Yeah. The Chicagoans are getting pissed off because they've been they've been dangling the keys of reparations as one of black people for decades, mm. and then um, there's like, well, just one day you'll get your money. Just keep voting for me, you get this money, and then they have these um, the migrants come across the border, and they're going to get some housing, money, jobs, right. and so they're like, I so you're going to give it to them? They're not U.S. citizens. Yeah, yeah, and it's, so you, it's, that's that's what happened in Germany. So that's why Germany started the ADP party is East Germany is still very poor compared to West Germany, West Berlin, I mean. And so the immigrants were all settled into 
East Berlin in the projects. Mm-hmm. And so the poor Germans there were like, the F? <laughs> what do you do? Which, Which radicalized East Berlin to become more towards uh, authoritarianism. But... Uh, just, it's almost like like at the history rhyme. I think I'd be looked at modern Germany right now yeah. because that side of Germany is still not is not as rich as the right. other side of Germany because of, seventy you know, years of, of communism. communism. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, let's just some of the stuff like sorry, I've been learning more about Germany. It's like it's kind of like effed up little place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, yeah, lots of weird stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah go back to Asia. It's almost more, more stuff going on. It's a little safer. <laughs> well, yeah. Thing, so let me finish my point with oh, the the editors. What they were saying is that. You may have Trump win because enough Democrats stay home, but he's not going to increase his vote total. He's got his base. He may even start to shed in the – this is what Rove was saying, is that he could see a, someone running, coming in and taking Biden's place. Because if you remember, LBJ dropped that out after New Hampshire. Uh, he dropped out the election year in 68, which you know Hubert Humphrey came in, uh, RFK came in, but first there was um, – uh, I forget I forget the candidate's name. He mentioned it, but he was basically he was the sacrificial lamb that wasn't going to win, but cracked open the idea which let everybody else come in, and that could happen to Biden still because he promised to be a one-term president and be a bridge builder, mm-hmm. and he's trying to be a change maker and there's resentment on the Democrat side. Mm-hmm. But then he said on the Trump side when you look at his numbers um and I'll put the link to this podcast both of these cuz I thought they were interesting. But you know, we talked about Trump and his numbers in Iowa, New Hampshire, where they're exposed to other candidates. You see his numbers really, really, really softening. And what if somebody does really well in Iowa where he's not really campaigning and then that kind of cracks open that door? Maybe maybe it won't be Trump versus Biden. I'm assuming it will be. Yeah. But he said, basically, you know, so what the the, the National Review people were saying is... Trump's not going to win, either not the primary or not the election, because he just the fundamentals of the electorate are not there for him. Politics in America is still about building coalitions. It's not about building your own propaganda machine and then propagandizing enough people into your camp. The American system doesn't work that way. That's why you're seeing the Mises caucus fall apart in the Libertarian Party, because you don't have enough people to replace people. You... When I was the executive director of the Libertarian Party of Indiana, the cycle of volunteers was four years. Mm-hmm. They'd get involved, they were hungry, they'd run for office, they'd do stuff, and then about four years, they'd kind of drop out. Yep. That cycle's like a year right now. Mm-hmm. And so they're not replacing people fast enough to justify all the people that are getting tired and leaving. And so you're starting to see the membership numbers collapse, and you're going to see October, November, when most people sign up, it just really look ugly for them. But so Trump's going to claim that the election was stolen again. So what happens? What happens if he gets convicted? And they meditated on what if Donald Trump has to govern from jail? What if he's president in jail? How does that function? How does that work if he were to win? Right? How does he run for office in prison? Uh, and, And the amount of steps between here and there, things can get so much more ratcheted up on either sides of the extremes. So what happens when that happens? Now, Karl Rove on this podcast made the case that things were far worse in the 60s. You had all these political assassinations. You had thousands of bombings, political bombings, and people getting killed. 
not a few, mm-hmm. not Timothy McVeigh, one big explosion in the last 30 years, thousands of bombings. You had... And the weatherman, you had the Philadelphia move bombing where the government's actually... The government did it. You had the Black Panthers. You had all these militaristic movements, mostly on the left, but also generating some um, counter-revolutionaries. And then you go back to McKinley. McKinley gets assassinated. The president gets killed then because that 10-year period was full of anarchists and bombings and killings and assassinations and political disruption and stolen votes. And you look at 1860, you listen to the the podcast that I did with Dan Miller about the four presidential histories, you know, and then you have 1800, which we covered in there, where -hmm. people didn't know if you elected the next president, if they would maintain the, the actual system. You were voting, you could have gotten Aaron Burr, and you really could have in the fifth year of the country or the ninth year of the country gotten uh, a dictatorship and it would have been the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. The reason the French Revolution didn't happen was George Washington. You you had somebody who was of a unique character of the great men of history mm-hmm. <coughs> who didn't seek power for himself. Um, but what, you, you're going after George Washington? No, no, but I, I'm, I'm not. He, he wanted that job. Of course he did. He showed yeah. up every day in his outfit and Anyway, it's a whole joke, but uh, of course, I'm just saying. Like uh, he had, you know, the United he had States quiet ambition. He, he understood, but he wasn't he, Napoleon. No, he understood what the position was for and what it meant, and what, <laughs> why he should step down when he did. But Speaking of Napoleon, we could, we could. Let's just focus because <laughs> yeah. we got to go. Uh, we we could enter a period where you get tit for tat, just like McCarthy. You know where McCarthy needs the Democrats. The Democrats help him. Then he goes and meet the press, betrays him. So then they say. F you. And then they kick him out of the hideaway office and then he takes it, right? Like, things have a way of progressing and have not slowed down mm-hmm. by tit for tatting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wrote in 2020 how we would slip into a civil war on chrisspangle.com. What if Donald Trump loses again and he is growing on True Social to be more violent, more militaristic, these they need to be jailed these people that i don't like need to be killed let's kill the drug dealers he never said that stuff in 2016 he's gotten much more Mm -hmm. willing and comfortable with language of violence uh what happens if he does start calling for violence from his prison cell right what what happens then when he becomes he gets locked up because all these people think that he is being unfairly prosecuted mm-hmm. because they don't have access to information. They have access to information, but they don't consume the information that you do. Um, he's in jail. He's lost the election. You've got his acolytes on social media constantly spinning this stuff up. Uh, 20% of police forces in the military are with him. So when, when there is actual shooting and violence... 30% of the police department just doesn't show up to help because they're not on the right side. Yeah. They're liquidating his assets in New York. So he's going to have liquid cash. Right. So they want to go after Mark if he's forced to sell. I, 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 I look at this and I go, money. I don't feel like it is all that crazy to think. Now, would we have a civil war where you'd have a, a sixth of the country dying like in the 1860s? No. 
But could we get to the place of the late 60s, early 70s where there's political assassinations? We've already seen that attempted. Steve Scalise, mm-hmm. uh, Gabby Giffords. Now, these were wackadoodles, mm-hmm. but you just need a couple wackadoodles to get, you know. Now, and- if the economy gets bad enough, I just don't see a lot of these guys with Punishers, pu- Punisher signs on their trucks going, you know what? I don't like my F-150. I don't like my family. I don't like my house. I don't like the the five hundred thousand dollars I make running my lawn care service. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to go start shooting for Donald Trump. I just don't think those guys get there. But if the economy were bad enough, no. you know maybe. what I what I think you see, and you've seen this since the Civil War. You've seen periods of unrest, people getting violent, people you know throwing bombs and, mm-hmm. and everything else, and then there's a cooling off period. Head better heads prevail because right. society just doesn't want that anymore. You know, as a whole. So they are the society as a whole is going to start clamping down on it, making it untenable to keep doing that, getting those people put in jail. I like do they did with the weathermen. They they're going to yeah. start pushing back against this. I don't think we live in some revolutionary moment. I think right. that we are living in a in a society that is getting more conservative, not just in its entertainment choices, not just in the fact that I think yes, there is the great dechurching. Mm-hmm. But there is a much bigger willingness now versus ten years ago for people to be openly Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I, like, I think I think people are getting more conservative as millennials get older, have stuff to protect. Yes, and so I think that people overestimate the willingness of the millennials to go start shooting when we're all forty now. We've okay. got I've got two kids. Yeah. And a house and a car payment. I can't go do revolutionary libertarian the, politics like I did. And, that, and that's why <laughs> can't a lot afford that twenty thousand. That's a year. why a lot of libertarians and other people like that, revolutionaries, don't get it. Is that people the next, people want to wake up the next morning after an election and not have to worry about what their job have is predictability. Like. They, they, have, mm-hmm. they want predictability. They want sta- stabilization. They want a stable economy. They want stable everything. <laughs> and you're not going to be able to convince them to throw it all away in a revolutionary fit. Um, not enough people are going to jump in on that. Yeah. So, and that's what's really like. Also, like what Temple is going to get in this art uh, in this video. I don't think we'll get to it. Is the that's why Antifa and stuff like that. And those little pockets are really dangerous. You've got a bunch of young people and and millennials, right, who have nothing and have created these little pockets of themselves, and they keep churning and making more of themselves. Yeah. So that's yeah. like the. And but they also keep phasing out of it too. Correct. They, they get, eventually they, they finally finds they they make a relationship. They get a some job. Of them they start do. Calling, Settle down. Especially, like, that's another reason why they got so mad at Andy No because Andy No was, like, posting their names on it. So it also was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, you know, now your name, your face is attached to this organization. So when you get out, you have to deal with this stuff. They've also been putting the wrong names out there, and now people are getting their lives destroyed for not even being involved yeah. in it. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think there could be a period where both sides are revolutionary and do some things that are really bad. But I think the tendency in American society has always been for the middle to pull back on the extremes. They're willing to let these two sides go for a while, which is why I was completely, I was completely wrong about things like lockdowns because I thought the middle will surely correct the government and push back. And it took way longer than I expected. I don't think I I realized how freaked out and scared people actually had gotten when like, a month's worth of research in April would have made you go, okay, Yeah, Reinhold has some different factors than I have. I can go to Florida in July, but people are still wearing masks. Yeah, people are, people <laughs> were, a lot of people were worried they didn't want to be blamed. 
No one yeah, wanted to be right. down on history like, well, you're the person that did that. Right. You did this. What, uh, if, what ifs? Yeah. I don't want to be sued. Then wanna, some people well, were also just drunk on power. Imagine being like just the health person for the the county and going like, I can control who's open and who's closed. I have that power. Well, I, that I think the incentive structure is not as much that as like, all right, why did Greenwood put orange construction fencing in April around all their playgrounds? What if six months from now, I'm the cause of people dying? I don't want to be in that position. Mm -hmm. And so that's the calculation for most. But Mm -hmm. yes, there are the petty tyrants who go, you know what? These people who are being uppity, Mm -hmm. we need to put the screws to them and they need to understand Mm -hmm. that the government, when it tells you what to do, you f- obey. Like, exactly. there, there's definitely a piece of that we saw that there's no doubt about. Yeah, that. we've got yeah. tons of videos of people alone in stores, like trying right. to put their video, their stuff online, get arrested. Like, no, no, you gotta close. Or the guy who's on the beach by himself, and yeah. the police go and arrest the man. Yeah, you know, if we don't, if we don't make an example of you. So, but I, I, I think in terms of the question of our final question here is like, do you think there will be civil war? I look at it and go, I think there will be more unrest, and the unrest will probably be bigger. But I don't think that if you're listening to this program, you're going to necessarily be affected. It's not probably going to come into your suburban household and blow up your place. But, it, it, you know, I, I think if you live downtown in places, yeah, there's going to maybe be more riots at some point. Yeah. If you're running for office and you are in the middle... You have a better shot of getting killed than if you're on the extremes. DC is getting really bad right now. DC, yeah. city wise, city wise, I think violence going on. I think Philly being lit on. You know, I think so, there's there's going to be unrest, but I think on the other side of that, we do moderate. That's yes. when you look at these revolutionary periods of the 1800s, the mm-hmm. 1860s, the 1890s, the 1920s, the 18, it's the fourth turning concept. Mm-hmm. We're going through that. Yeah. But on the other side of that is a period of stability. As long as they don't default on the debt and completely collapse the economy, <laughs> they'll get a hold of it, right, guys? Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Honestly, um, I think back to Georgia is going to probably light the path forward. Um, is the RICO case against Trump and the RICO case against the Antifa members for Cop City of showing people of like because a lot of the hangups of a lot of these like these roving gangs, a lot of things you like to do is. Uh, basically cast like dispersion so it's really hard to find someone because you know you're going to arrest somebody who's wearing black jeans a black hoodie you know well how many people look like that you know it's kind of hard to get them but if you can get them into a conspiracy you can go in and get that whole gang and just wrap them up now i hate the rule that law because it does get people some people unfairly but it kind of does gut out a lot of that violence stuff like real quickly it's something republicans built up in a in a lot of different places to go after the mob or um, in Atlanta to go after gangbangers and stuff like that. And it was getting used against Trump and these Antifa members in the Woods for Cop City. Giuliani was the biggest you know, pusher of the, of the RICO statutes back then. Ironic. Uh, ironic. <laughs> Reinhold, civil war or not? I don't think we're going to see a civil war. I think we're going to see we're, we're on an apex right now of violence. I think after the 2024 election, there will be fallout and then it will start to go back down. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Harry, good video. Thank you so much. Uh, we, we didn't even get to half, did we? No, no. Did, there's, there's, did we there's, break there, the Discord record? You said five minutes in, right? Yeah, five minutes in. Yeah, yeah. I, there is, yeah. Yeah, yeah we yeah, got yeah. eight minutes, eight and a half oh, minutes yeah, into need, this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, Because there's a real spot section that's coming up. In the, but if we touch it, another 
because it's going to toss about Article 1, Section 3 of the Constitution. And, oh, man, that's just going to Send me the video, please. <laughs> uh, and I'll put it in there so if people want to watch, they can. Okay. Uh, all right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> uh, Paul says, eight and a half, two minutes, too much. You know what? We make fun of Reinhold here for being annoyingly progressive. Mm-hmm. Paul is taking that title. First off, Rein- Reinhold argues from look you have your smug points but Mm -hmm. i find when we're arguing you're just no that's not true here's why i think that (laughs) paul is mocking yes and he and it's not a and i don't mean that as a compliment i think i think he just you know we we always mocked joked about how reinhold is trust the narrative reinhold never met a prosecutor that he doesn't love but you have trained. You, Paul has spent too much time around you because he's like your little acolyte running around acting the same way. <laughs> Get that photoshopped up. He, he's, the Sith. They never, always too. They are the never never talk to me and my little my little progressive again. Yeah, I needed a Sith Bridehold and Paul. Paul, it, it, Paul says yeah. I'm not progressive. I just have a low tolerance for Tim Pool, and yeah. it's because he's right. You perceive him to be right wing. You don't like anything right wing. That's that's I, the reality, I, Paul. I don't like Tim Pool. I think he's a, a irresponsible. Irresponsible, but I mean, just a bad person. I don't think he's a bad person. I think he's. A, I, I don't feel like he's a bad person. I don't think he's a bad. I, person. I wouldn't. Say I that. get that feeling from him. Just Matt Gates. Him. Yes. Wait, Matt, <laughs> Matt, yeah, Matt Gates, right? Matt McCarthy Gates. and those guys. Yeah, they're all bad. Grifter, bro, bro, bad person. Right? Yeah, definitely. McCarthy, bad saying, person. Like, liar. I was saying right? the other day, I was watching uh, Comer. Run, try to run th- and it was just like he just I just he just oozes Tim just, Pool to uh, me Tim Pool doesn't seem like a bad person he seems to me like a person who isn't careful yeah not careful audience captured it sometimes um, right you know so audience captured it mean he, he's too busy trying to give his audience what they want as opposed to challenging them yeah okay yeah sometimes yeah sometimes sometimes yeah. I think he's unthinking I think he hears something from someone else and he goes oh that sounds good and, and goes, oh yeah yeah. That's, yeah. That's, yeah yeah sometimes he fights against it his, his own audience and it, it's when he's really good when he's doing that but sometimes it's yeah he's yeah it's not easy no, no when your I'm income not. is based on making your audience happy right I mean we're we're yes, we're at the point now with the patreon where I'm about to have to I'm not we're going to be upside we're gonna, down. We're going to be coming in next week with uh, beanies on, right? Is that what we're doing? No, all, we're going to have to start beanies. canceling some things. If we make that type of money, you guys better put that beanie back on. Uh, but, it, you know, you get to that point and you go, look, like, and, you know, we're making, we're not, I'm not making a living doing this. I'm paying our our we're bills for the, the cost, network yeah. and I get a little extra. Yeah. But, you know, if you were making your entire salary off of it, mm-hmm. you better believe there'd be that incentive to never really challenge your audience. You 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 you'd be a prisoner of your own success. Of yeah, of I need to make sure they're happy. Yeah. Okay. For sure. So, all right, fellas. Thanks so much. We really appreciate it. Thanks Reinhold, thanks Harry. Thank you audience for being with us. We will see you again next month here on We Are Libertarians.